Welcome to the world of culture pop with Steve Mason and Sue Kalinsky. Culture, comedy, movies, TV, tech, authors, trends, pop, pop. This is the Culture Pop Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason along with Sue Kalinsky. Sue, it seems like forever. We've had long breaks. It seems like forever since we've gotten to do a show. I was just about to say exactly the same thing. Now, where did you go? I'm trying to remember where you went. I went, well, I went to Florida. Right. I remember that. Oh, oh, this is what happened. So for Thanksgiving, Tom and I were supposed to go to Temecula. Okay. And we were leaving on Thanksgiving Day. You were going to go camping? We were taking our travel trailer. Yeah, the uh, Winnebago. Winnebago. The Winnebago. And um, probably for the first time ever, we were the most prepared. Everything was packed the night before. We plugged in the trailer so we had power. Everything was in the refrigerator. It was like unbelievable preparation. Right. That the night before, Tom sees on the news that the winds in that area were going to be 60 to like 70 miles wow. per hour. Wow. So, um, if we had the pop up, we were lowered to the ground, we would yep. have risked it. But being in a travel trailer, no way. So we canceled the trip. Ah, oh, so what'd you wind up doing? We had a plan B. We had dinner with some friends. Um, they were hosting Thanksgiving. So oh, we nice. went there. Yeah. And then the rest of the weekend, just um, hung out, hit golf balls, um, watched movies. And you um, I watched, well, I went to see Eternals. Yes, which uh, is really fun, really great movie. Yes, and I what else did I watch? Um, oh, I watched Jagged Little um, Jagged Little Pill or Jagged, the uh, Alanis Morissette documentary. Oh, there's a documentary about her. Oh my god! Because there's also a Broadway show. There's called a Broadway Jagged Little show. Pill. Yeah, yes. but this is a documentary. What what network has it? What streaming network? It is on Netflix. Uh, and great, unbelievable. Unbelievable. She is my new favorite human. Really? You know, I I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with her music, but, you know, I haven't listened to her music in such a long time. Yeah. And didn't really know a lot of her path. Um, but boy, her lyrics are insane. Yeah, and they how are. she went from like a pop singer to this like indie kind of, you know, I wouldn't say I guess there was definitely anger there, but just brutally honest lyrics, you know? Yeah, right. I mean, and then, you know, you look at her now and she's a mom and, you know, she looks so different. Yeah, um, yeah, she does. And she, does. she has this, you know, like you said, this Broadway show and she's just a really, really cool person. So I went to great. the movies a few times. Okay. Yeah. So I saw King Richard. Have you seen King Richard oh, yes. yet? Yes, we watched King Richard also. Oh, my God. How great is Will Smith? He's terrific. Yeah, he's going to win Best Actor. I'm sure of it. I'm sure he's going to win Best Actor. Well, I don't know. Belfast, um, you know, that that's I hear is going to be is, is amazing. Did you Belfast see it? Belfast is great. It's okay. it's great. Of the of the big movies, that's the one I like the best. Kenneth Branagh directed that and it's got a really nice cast. It doesn't have I guess Jamie Dornan is the lead, but I don't see that one winning any acting Oscars. It could Definitely win Best Picture, mm-hmm. definitely win uh, Best Director, definitely win Best Screenplay. The one I saw that I didn't really get was Power of the Dog, uh, which is the new one with Benedict Cumberbatch and mm-hmm. uh, Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons, directed by Jane Campion. And that one is supposed to be one of the favorites to win Best Picture. Didn't really 
get it. I thought it was kind of longish and ponderous and the plot was really loose and I would have tightened up the second act and all kinds of stuff. But uh, it looked great. I mean, it looked really great. It was set in Montana in 1925. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an old fashioned Western and I, it looked great, but I didn't I didn't quite get the movie. I didn't quite get it. Um, but I, I'll change my mind if we happen to have a guest from that movie. course you will forget this conversation if jane campion agrees to appear on the show you're gonna have to burn this show like mission impossible <laughs> destroy you're gonna this have to show. destroy the evidence <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> well our guest today you mentioned eternals is one of the stars of the latest marvel epic Eternals. she is all of 16 years old she's already a superhero leah McHugh joins us leah thank you so much for doing this Of course. Thank you for having me, Steve. So I want to talk about Eternals, but first, here you are, 16 years old. How do you wind up in this crazy acting game? It honestly, it was really a God thing. It all just just fell into place. It really just happened. And that's one of the things that made me feel like I really needed to pursue this because it all just felt like really natural and meant to be, you know? I was doing musical theater in Georgia, where I grew up, and... Um, I was doing, I just loved doing plays with my siblings. My siblings started and I joined in because I wanted to be like my older brothers. Um, but I just had the greatest time. And a uh, coach saw me in the, he was sitting in the audience. He was watching one of his other students. And he was like, I want you to audition for this movie. It was Ant-Man. Wow. He was like, I need you to sign this NDA. Like you can't tell anyone. And my mom was really like, ah, that's okay. Like, we're fine. We don't need to do that. Like, we're happy where we are. And he was like, no, you need to do this. Like, you're really good. And um, I think I got like pretty far into the process of it. And all these agents like suddenly wanted me. And and my mom was like, oh, we don't need an agent. We're fine. Like, we, we had no idea what we were talking about at the time. <laughs> but it, it really happened naturally. And uh, I just started auditioning because I loved it. And I just wanted to get the job really bad. And we ended up moving to L.A., um, we lived there for five years. <laughs> wow. So what was your best musical theater uh, role? What was your trademark role? I was in, so the, the, the guy who did it, his name is Mr. Don, and he wrote all original plays. So it was sort of twists on like actual, like instead of um, like Jack and Jill or something, he made it like back to the beanstalk and, <laughs> and it was, um, and I played a mouse and nice. my, one of my biggest ones is snow princess. I played the snow princess. So, and I was seven. Wow. So I want to know what was the first film or TV show that you saw and you saw actors in it and said, man, I want to do that. Um, I honestly didn't watch a lot of like TV growing up. I wanted to be okay. I loved Tangled and I wanted to be Rapunzel really badly. And I thought in order to be an actor, they literally would just like call you and ask, and ask you to be in the movie. Like I had no idea. I thought that like you would just get lucky and like they would call your phone number and be like, we want you. So I, that's literally what I thought when I was little, how you got a job. So I never thought that like I could be doing something like this, but my mom didn't really let us watch a lot of TV. And we were really just like running around our neighborhood, imagining being kids, you know, playing with each other. I have four siblings. So crowded house so we were always doing stuff together and you know experiencing nature and like like learning new things instead of you know watching tv i felt like i'm really happy that my mom like gave me that childhood you know because i feel like it made me a different person in a way yeah 
So you you were up for him and and uh, and the wasp, uh, and you didn't get that. Were you were you crushed when you didn't get that role? Oh my gosh! It, I was like, it was my first audition ever, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna get this. Like, of course I'm gonna get this. I was like, I was for sure. And um, I mean, I obviously didn't get it. I, I was totally crushed. Um, and I went to see the movie. When it came out, it was the first Ant-Man. I went to see it when it came out and I just was like sitting there sobbing. And my mom was like, why did you, it was my birthday. Actually, I think I went to see it on my birthday. And my mom was like, why did you want to come see this? I was like, I I need to know what I did wrong so I can do better next time and I can get the next part. But, but yeah, I was crushed. (laughs) So in preparation for this audition, what did you, if, and if at all did do differently? I did differently. Oh, I mean, it was many, many years later. So you know, I learned that you barely book anything you audition. I mean, I, I've done hundreds of auditions and you kind of just have to learn to, you know, brush it off. Um, but I, I think every audition I do, it makes me better. I think every film I do, every TV show, every experience I have makes me like, I feel like a, a new person or a better version of myself. And I think, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it was just like the age that I was at and the understanding I had. And, and I've, worked with grownups my whole life. And I think that kind of made me more mature in a way. Cause I'm, I'm honestly friends with more grownups than I am kids. Um, and I think that that, it just sort of made me, I think the right person for the role as well as, you know, I worked really hard for it. And, you know, like, I wanted, go ahead, Sue. I, I wanted to ask like, cause I know that a lot of auditions these days are being done remotely. Um, yeah. How challenging is that? It's, I don't like it at all. I love in-person auditions cause it, 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 it feels more of like an experience too, right? Cause you have to like, you know, drive there and, and it's sort of like an anticipation and you really have to be like prepared and give it your best. You can't like do a bunch of takes on a phone and like make it perfect. And, you know, I just feel like it's more of like a natural real thing when you're in person. And it also, it gives you a connection with the casting director in a way. And it, I don't know. I just like it so much better in person doing it on zoom. It's, it kind of sucks. I don't like it at all. I would much rather be in person. <laughs> So I read that the the casting process for Eternals was was really uh, long and challenging, and that you had dummy yeah. sides and all that stuff. Take us through that whole process. I think that was I. I just realized this now. When I hear everyone else talk about their casting process, Kamal's like, "Yeah, they called me and they asked for me," and someone was like, "Oh yeah, they called me and offered me the part." Like everyone <laughs> got. I mean, of course, they've done so many things, so it's totally normal for that. But they all got the call and they all just got the part. So lucky them. But I had to go through um, a regular audition, and I think I taped an audition, and then I went in person, and then I did a callback, and then I did a screen test, and the screen test they gave me. Like you sign a contract, you sign a contract before the screen test. So if, if they like me, then I would have to do the, the part basically. Um, and so they had like 30 days to tell me whether or not I got the part, which is like, I was just like in agony those 30 days, if you can imagine. And on like the 29th day or something, they're like, can we extend your contract and fly you to London for like a few days to screen test at Final Studios? We've been dramatic. And I'm, of course we said yes, we're not gonna say no because yeah. I want the part. But they had they extended the contract another like 30 days. But it, it was a really long, hard process and you know, it's hard to recall some of it because I think I was so stressed out. I've like <laughs> short-term memory from that. So like when you go in for an audition, um, and especially for something like this. Um, do you do something different with your hair? Do you wear a, a specific outfit? Is there s- things that you do to to connect you more with the character? 
yeah, a big, big part of every audition is like what you look. I look, I look different in everything that I take. Um, I was supposed to look very young. I think that it was for like 12, 12 years old. And I, I was 13 and I already looked young, but, um, I think I was, I, I was so small when I was 13. It was crazy. I wore like kids so- like size, like 10 from Zara. I remember we <laughs> bought these like pants. We went, we had to go shopping for this fiasco. And, um, when I went for the screen test, they, it was it's funny. I had Bob, a bomb and bangs and they pinned back my bangs. I, for some reason, Marvel has a thing against bangs, which is really funny. Mm. And they were like, they were like, we almost didn't consider you because you had bangs. I was like, what? <laughs> and and it, it's just like this weird thing that like, they don't like bangs. It was really funny. Yeah, you know, it's weird. I, swear, I see all the Marvel movies. I've never seen bangs. I never realized they <laughs> exactly. were so bangs phobic. Well, exactly. it's so funny. I mean, what a was like, well, how come you didn't get the part? Well, I had bangs. I mean, what a horrible <laughs> reason so to funny. not get a part. But they gave me a tip and they're like, pin back your bangs. So when I went for the, the screen test, they had like a hair and makeup person there because it was actually on a soundstage and I actually like filmed some of it and they had me with another actor and it was like this whole thing. And so they they did pin back my bangs. And then when I went to London, I came with my bangs pinned back because I knew by then. But <laughs> this is funny. So uh, describe the special <laughs> powers that your character, that Sprite has. Describe those. So Sprite um, is a storyteller and she can create illusions. So what I think is so cool is basically like everything in history books, I mean, theoretically, if this was real life, everything in history books, um, every like story, Greek mythology, like everything comes from Sprite. Like she created all this stuff. And I think there was a scene cut from the, there was a scene cut from the movie, a museum scene with me and Kit Harrington, where I sort of talk about, I'm like the concept of money, Kings, God, it all came from me. I'm the one who passed this along for centuries and the one who came up with all of this. So I think it's really cool that she's like a storyteller. Um, and she also can create illusions. So she can make you see things that aren't there. Basically it's, it's sort of similar to Loki, but, um, you can't like touch her illusions. You know, they're, they're not actually real. Right. Right. So you were introduced to the Marvel Cinematic Universe when you went to Comic-Con in 2019. Yes. What What is that scene like? They really like threw me for a loop because they they did not prepare me for anything at all. They were like, um, they gave me one question that I had to like, just think of an answer to, which was like, what's it like to be the first kid superhero? I think was the question. So I just like prepared like a simple answer and, they gave us like an address and we, we drove to the, the Burbank airport and they put us on a private jet. And um, so we're in like the waiting room and I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I meet like Chris? Because he's like, I love him so much. He's like my favorite Marvel <laughs> character. I love him. So I was like, I was like, that would be so funny if I met him. I never thought that I would meet him. And so Tom Hiddleston walked in and I was like, oh my God. Like <laughs> I was freaking out. I was like, there's no way. And then Chris Hemsworth walked in. I was like, oh my God. And you should have seen like my, my mom and dad were with me. My dad was like staring at him gawking. And I was like, dad, like stop it. And um, he, I was wearing Uggs and, and Chris was like, oh my gosh, I love your shoes. Like they make those because he's from Australia. He's like, they make them from where I'm from. And I was like, oh my God, do you like my shoes? Um, Natalie Portman was there. Um, and then we get on the plane I think okay, Kamal was there too, but I didn't really know him that well at the time. Um, and we got on the plane and Angie was sitting there with a couple of her kids. And I was like, oh, like, what, what do I talk about? Do you about? call like, her Angie? Oh, wow. Like, Angie. Do you call her Angelina I knew, I, Angie? I, I, knew, <laughs> I knew call her Angie. That's we so cool. Her Angie. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. 
but it was like I, I was like I don't I don't know what to talk about. I, I I think I was like, have you ever been on a private jet before? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, that's a stupid thing to say. Of course, I've been on a private jet before. I was just like, I was just so like out of it. I did not know what to say. And then we got there. And it's it's so weird. I got you get sort of like treated like royalty in a way. They they treat you so well on a Marvel film. It's insane. And you know, like you never have to know anything. They just like take you places and like put you in a room and they'll tell you what to do. And anyway, we got backstage to the like the green room behind the big um, Hall H stage. Like pretty much every Marvel superhero was back there. Wow. I was like looking from side to side, and I'm like, oh, oh like oh my god, you, oh my gosh, and. I was just like seeing all these people and I was like, I just couldn't even comprehend it. And at that point I had told no one that I got the part because it was a total secret. I wasn't allowed to tell anyone. So I was like, I can't even like call my friend and FaceTime her and be like, Oh my gosh, look who I'm with. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, but I mean, I went on stage and it's like, I, it was very scary. Honestly, there's like thousands of people in that room, like, like screaming at you. And like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever like, this many people have ever known who I was but anyway it it was like a total insane experience but I was totally not prepared they did not warn me nothing they're like (laughs) come here and say this and answer this question so it was insane so so what does it mean to you and and how does it feel to be part of this Marvel family I mean this is this is like huge it's true some some sets that you work on you know not not all the you know, actors and crew, a lot of it's just about like getting the movie done and like they don't really care about like each individual person. But when I was at Comic Con, like, like, like people were hugging me, like superheroes were hugging me and like congratulating me. Benedict Cumberbatch was like, Hi, I'm Benedict. I'm like, I know who you are, but you know, he's like, shook my hand and it's like, Congratulations. And it was just like everyone was just like so like kind and like cared about each other. And and like being on set, like all of us are ready to just jump in and be superheroes and be an actual family. And like, they take care of me even now. Like I get to go to, you know, Marvel premieres for the rest of my life. If I want to, like, it's such, it's such like, once you're in, like they really take care of you and they care about you. And that's such like a, like a special feeling. So you worked with Chloe Zhao uh, and her last movie was Nomadland, which won best picture yes. and best director yeah. and best actress um, you know, I was thinking about it. it. There's there's kind of this weird parallel between the two movies because the Frances McDormand character is out there on her long journey really by herself. And it seems like the Eternals were kind of in that same boat, you know, for 7,000 years or however many years they hadn't gotten together. Uh, do you see that parallel or am I just making that up? No, I, I think I, I really do see it. I think I see like slight similarities in all of Chloe's work especially with like the the personal like moments and like the human humanity and the realness and like the small moments and also a lot of um like the scenery and the shots and the camera work is so I think like different her her the camera work that she does is like it's so crazy beautiful and I think that's like really what's really special about her movies too but I see that similarity definitely yeah, I mean, as far as shooting it, I read that she didn't want to use a lot of CGI, which is kind of rare for a, the type of film that Eternals is. Yeah. So how how difficult is it to act when you're not acting against something, like when the deviants are coming towards you and you have to react? Yeah. How challenging is that? It's, 
I think as an actor, like there's so many things I've done that are like embarrassing, but like, you know, like screaming and crying and like, you know, fighting a deviant or waving your hands and there's nothing there. Like Kumail said, he, he had to do like finger guns, like actual like finger guns on his hands for superpowers. <laughs> so you just have to like accept the fact that you're going to be embarrassed or you can't be an actor if you're like all self-conscious and nervous. You just got to let it go. So I think all of us were like, look pretty silly a lot of the time. You know, we're like screaming and running and dodging things. And um, I didn't have to do a lot of work like fighting deviants. I think I had one scene and I, it was like honestly so much fun for me because um, I got to like jump up and be on a wire. It was cool. And there was a scene in Camden where I had to like, run and fall and that that what that was a little difficult because like we're running from something and also something that, that i thought that was pretty funny was when you run you have to run slowly but you're we're supposed to be running fast like in real we're supposed to like we're running really fast but we can't run fast because the cameraman can't run that fast right so we have to look like we are so we actually weren't going very fast and that's actually really difficult to do yeah yeah <laughs> to run from something when you're not supposed to run very fast but you're supposed to look like you're running fast so eternals is now a gigantic worldwide box office hit almost 400 million dollars worldwide um have do you get recognized on the street uh when you're getting coffee or whatever do people pick you out i i just went to disney world and i i had two people two people come up to me it, it was so cute like people people someone walked by and i was with my entire family and my brother heard him go like yo dude is that sprite <laughs> and then my brother my brother like always thinks it's so cool when people recognize me and he was like yeah you want to go meet her you want to go take a picture and they were like yeah oh my gosh you know her and they came over and they were like so adorable and they were like oh, oh my gosh like we love the movie and then this one girl came up to me and she was like are you um Lee and I was like yeah that's me and she was like oh my gosh I didn't know it was you I, I but I had to come say hi and but and then I got some messages on my Instagram people were like I recognize you but I didn't want to bother you but I saw you at Disney World um I think I look a lot different so I don't I honestly on a day-to-day -day basis I don't really at least people don't come up to me yeah very often. yeah um so one of the Marvel people told you about the, I know this is like top secret and you've signed a contract and a non-disclosure <laughs> agreement and they'll, they'll find you and, uh, and, and yeah, there's snipers everywhere. You'll, you'll get in trouble. <laughs> what, what can you say about the future of Eternals and the future of Sprite? I would, I mean, you saw the movie, so yes. the, the mm -hmm. ending, the ending does leave a door open, which is nice, which is good for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could possibly come back. Um, I would hope that they would do an Eternals too. I, I honestly like this is all just going for me because they don't tell us anything. Honestly, like I knew I was going to London for six months about like five days before they were like, all right, you're getting on a plane in five days and you're going to London for six months. And I was like, holy crap. So they don't tell us anything till the last minute. So I honestly don't know, but I, I would assume they'd make a second one. Yeah. I mean, it's an origin story and it leads to cliffhanger or or possible, I don't know. But what's so cool about this movie is it has so many possibilities for, yeah, you know, going through the more of the past or the future stuff like that. You mentioned well, the, you mentioned the end uh, credit sequence or the post credit sequence of Eternals, and uh, uh, Harry Styles appears as Eros. And I saw on your Instagram you got pictures with him. Um, how does Arrows fit into that universe? And what was it like meeting Harry Styles and all that stuff? 
he's he's really like a really really nice guy and i like i love him so much i mean he's harry for styles right like (laughs) (laughs) i love his music i i'm a huge fan so 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 you graduated high school early now you're becoming a major movie star do you have time to do normal 16 year old kid stuff like what kind of hobbies do you have it's, it is really difficult. I think I make a lot of sacrifices to get to do what I do. You know, I don't, I don't get to go to school and I don't have a lot of friends my age. And it's honestly hard to make friends because not, because kids don't really, like kids my age don't really understand like the stuff that I do very well, you know, because it, it's very like adult stuff. Like I actually like have a job and I do work and I do have like responsibilities and, you know, I'm busy a lot of the time and yeah, so I, I really don't get to do a lot of things that I want to do. I had to quit dance, and um, I used to horseback ride a lot, which I don't really get to do anymore, partly because it's dangerous and partly because I don't have a lot of the time. Right. Um, but I definitely do make a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, listen, they are they are paying off because uh, Eternals is <laughs> yeah. fantastic. We absolutely <laughs> loved it. It is in theaters now, and it's going to be streaming on Disney Plus starting in January. Congratulations on the movie and and on the beginning of a great career. We appreciate you uh, taking some time with us. Of course, thank you so much. You guys asked great questions. I didn't because I, I usually get like the same questions over and over, but this was some new stuff. So awesome, awesome! Oh, that's I very guess we're cool. doing our job. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Leah. Thanks, Leah. Thank you guys so much. Leah McHugh, 16 years. You know, when I was 16 years old, I was, uh, well, I was probably doing high school plays when I was 16 years old, but I was not doing a Marvel movie. That's for sure. No way. I was smoking pot and hanging out with my friends (laughs) and that's about it. You didn't do any uh, high school musicals? No. No, because I can't sing. Oh, see, I did a bunch because I have a beautiful singing voice. Yeah, I want to hear it one of these days. <laughs> do you want you want me to do my scene from uh, from no, my I don't. Lady again? No, I don't. Damn, 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 damn! I've grown accustomed to her face. She nearly makes the day begin. I've grown accustomed to the tune oh, she God. whistles night and noon. Her smiles, <laughs> her frowns, her ups, her downs are second nature to me now. Oh boy! Don't you think that was a bonus for anybody listening right now? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> It's bonus I know, I, you know what I hear? I hear click. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. She, she's so cool and so wise for her years. I mean, you know, after talking to her, it, it's no surprise that she got cast in this role. Right. You know, aside from her acting abilities, um, she just seemed like a, a kid who just fit in with this adult cast. Yeah, she's like a grown-up in a little girl's body. Exactly. Which is exactly what the uh, character is in the movie. Now, you're not a big uh, Marvel person. What did you think of Eternals? I thought it was terrific. Yeah. And I, what I love about, and I've, I'm, I'm trying to think what other... Was um Shazam? That was was that a Marvel movie? Shazam was not, but it was fun. It was okay. fun. I think that was Zachary Levi. That was a fun movie. What I like about these superhero movies is that the writing is really, really smart and very, very funny. Yes. 
I mean, there was I, I giggled a lot during this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was moved by a lot of it, but I was I really giggled. And it was just it was great story. And the special effects were amazing. Yep. And I just um, I just love the story. And the casting was 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 perfect. So now here's the big question. So you saw Eternals. I know you yeah. like you never saw Avengers Endgame, right? No. Which was a gigantic movie. Will you go see uh, Spider-Man Long Way Home starring Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays Doctor Strange? Yeah, I, I, I really do believe that this has opened the door for me to, uh, wow. to, be, to be more open minded about these films, because like even even with Ghostbusters, you know, when we interviewed Ernie Hudson. Um, yeah. I, you know, I saw the original, of course. Yeah. But I probably wouldn't have gone to see that movie if we weren't interviewing Ernie. I agree. I agree. I might not have seen it. And it was a delightful movie. It was great. So I'm not I'm not going to be, you know. So snobby Snooty, about this. So yeah. snobby. Good. Yeah. yeah. The days of snobby Sue are over. Well, in this, in this department, in the, just in this <laughs> no, department. No, I mean, I'll, I'll always be snobby about um, food and wine. You know, very, very snobby with pizza. You know, yeah. so many times people say, Oh, you got to try this pizza. And I never, ever trust them, you know, cause Is I, this I, the New York pizza thing. Well, it's New York pizza, but you know, yeah, it is New York pizza because I I don't I don't like the deep dish stuff. But even so, there is New York style pizza that's not good either. Like right. people in my neighborhood say, "Oh, you should go to this place," and I know the place. I mean, I see the place. I see it's in this like little strip mall. And I mean, I know it sounds like I'm being very judgy, but I just know it's not going to be good pizza. <laughs> you just know without even trying it. I I just know. You can tell by looking at the place; it's not going to be good pizza. Like, there's no way in the world this is a diamond in the rough here. Now, what's the place uh, in New York? Well, there's the goofy thing in New York is that there's Rays and then there's original Rays and then there's there's like all these variations of Rays and none of them are the I don't think I ever actually ate at the real original Rays pizza. I don't even know where that is. I don't even know if that even exists anymore. You know, I, I just don't know. And and the really good pizza apparently is not even in Manhattan anymore. It's in Brooklyn or New Jersey. Oh, it's in Brooklyn. Well, what about and, downtown? And what, what about the village? There's that place in the well, village. Well, there was John's. Really... There was John's pizza. John's. Is that that's, still there? Right. Yeah, but that's like you know that's like original Rays now compared to the pizza that you know that has um, sprouted over the years. Over bro- over in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, yeah, like, yeah. I had amazing pizza in Brooklyn. Right. Over, we should have uh, both bought, bought places in Brooklyn when we moved to New York. Oh God, I know. That's and also, and also, like the Lower East Side. Like I remember when the Lower East Side was like junky haven and just a really dangerous place to be. And a comedian friend of mine bought a place. I think it was on like Avenue A and and like Second Street or something like that. Right. Bought a place for like seven thousand dollars. I mean, it was like insane. No, it's not seven thousand dollars. I mean, he, he I know he bought it for like a ridiculous amount of seven hundred thousand dollars. No, 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 no. I mean, this was like people were squatting in these oh, buildings. Okay, yeah. You know, this was like a really bad scene. This was New York, probably in the late seventies. You know, right? Where like. N- no one lived down there. Well, even no like, one even to like there. the East Village was kind of nice when we lived in New York. It wasn't. Oh, uh, yeah. no, it, was, it, it was it was decent. It was coming around. Oh, it was totally coming around because I had a friend that had a um, a hair salon and she was on like, I think, 7th um, between A and 1st Avenue or something. 
and you know, it was it was starting to become a very hip place, you know, kind of like the meatpacking district. You right. know, it was really coming up and uh, everybody wanted to be there. But like now, forget about it. You can't get a place there. You know, like Red Hook, Brooklyn. I mean, all those places like Park, you know, Slope. Park, Park Slope. Park Slope was kind of starting to and, and Brooklyn Heights was starting to become a choice place to live. Now it's it's way more expensive to live in Brooklyn. And even like Long Island City is ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, all right. So the one thing I've learned from this is that you know if the pizza is good just by looking at the restaurant itself. Yes. <laughs> you know, years ago, remember on our show in New York, I used to say that I can tell if someone's Jewish or not. Yeah, yeah. By, by looking at them. <laughs> And then who is it? Judy Gold came up with a joke. She said, I can tell just by looking at someone if they're black. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know who proudly presents this show every time we do it, Sue? Jacob. Jacob Imrani. He's a huge, I've been texting with him a lot. He's a huge USC football fan and a huge fan of Lincoln Riley, the new head coach of the Trojans. You hear about that? Yes, I have. Are you Big happy news. about that? Is that absolutely? Yeah. Home run higher. And he pointed out to me that having a great coach means everything. And that's what Jacob is. If you get involved in a car accident, a motorcycle accident, you, your kid, a friend at work, he will coach you through the whole thing. Let Jacob talk to the insurance company for you. Let Jacob get you in to see a doctor within 24 hours. Let Jacob handle all the paperwork. And as a head coach, he's got a team of people that will help to win your case and get you the justice that you deserve. The insurance companies have got some of the biggest, baddest attorneys there are, but Jacob is bigger and he's badder. And he will fight for you and make sure you get compensated fairly based on the facts of your case. So remember, any kind of accident, any kind of injury, including Uber or Lyft, by the way, Remember the number, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. 844-24-JACOB. Or remember, accident or injury. Call Jacob and Ronnie. Call Call Jacob. Jacob. Okay. All right. I know. It's never going to work perfect. I I, I know. Because there's the slightest bit of delay on the the, uh, Zoom. I'm going to tell you something. Even if we were in the same room. We would it's still screw it up. I think you're right. I think you're right. Hey, if you are uh, listening right now, thank you for that. And uh, hit the subscribe button on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. We appreciate you subscribing to the show. Uh, don't forget to leave us a rating, a five-star rating, preferably, uh, and a review. Uh, that's always nice to do. Uh, Sue, great seeing you. Great reconnecting. You too, Steve. And we will talk to everybody soon here on the Culture Pop Podcast.